Scott. Can you hear me? Please tell me you can hear me, I Scott. Can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh, we're back. 2020, 2021, 2021, and we're still um, online. Exactly. We've had the delights, haven't we, of sharing a table for the last few weeks while we've uh, we've been a little bit free, but we're back in distributed houses, aren't we? Uh, yep. Reliant upon Zoom and all these other remote collaboration tools. What joy. <laughs> I know, tell me about it. What joy. Yeah. So, yeah, we are back to recording remotely again, and it's always a pleasure. So uh, hopefully but, not for too much longer. <laughs> well, we are out. <laughs> we are out of 2020, Scott. We are into 2021. It's about time. Isn't at it? last, at last. Let's hope. Let's hope it brings some positive news for people. What do you reckon? I think. Well, it can't be much worse than last year for starters. Um, I think this year is going to be much better. I really do. I hope so. I think everyone does, don't they? Yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's get the important things out of the way. Again, we're locked down. I'm COVID positive, right? So you can't come around here for ten days. I've got peace and quiet for ten days. So, uh, so but we, we, we'll crack on and make the most of it. So what yes. have, what have we got coming up this week, Scott? Uh, we have another guest. We do. We, um, we do. We left last week with a little bit of a teaser, didn't we? Yes. We um, we started to tell a little bit of a, a story uh, about marzipan the hamster. Do you remember? Yep, it well, was like the the local Stuart Little. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? He was <laughs> he was trying to get back home for Christmas. Uh, if this doesn't tug at <laughs> the heartstrings, I don't know what will. Marzipan the hamster was trying to get home for Christmas. Yes, uh, and he was reliant upon the Northern Rail network, which, as you and I know, is not the most reliable of systems anyway. On the best of days. On the best of days. So. Our guest this week will update us <laughs> on the status of Marzipan's <laughs> traumatic journey across the Northwest. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. So uh, <laughs> I just hope he's made it, otherwise this could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got this week, Scott? Some of the old favourites? Yes, we have another mug to give away. We've got some very, 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 very important news. We do. Uh, some listener comments. Yep, Mr Whitfield's back as well. He is. As always, he's fully refreshed for a, for a healthy and wealthy 2021. So he's, <laughs> he's got all of his favourite clothes out and he's, he's ready to party as Mr Whitfield this year. So uh, Excellent. Yeah, so um, we've hinted at our guest this week. I gave a, a little heads up last week as to who our guest was going to be this week. Um, so it's a reasonable time to introduce our guest and it's Cara Jasmine Bradley. Okay, now Cara Jasmine Bradley is a local author to us. She lives in Holmes Chapel. We know all about Holmes Chapel, don't we, Scott? Because who else comes from there? Uh, Harry Styles. I believe he does, yes. We can find out if Cara <laughs> and Harry know each other. Um, Do we mention that every week on the podcast? I think it's a new feature now. I think it's the Harry Styles feature. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so Cara is local to us. She's an author and she's a travel writer and a lifestyle writer as well. So she's got published articles from all over the place. She's been to New York and Russia and Croatia and Austria. She's been a bit closer to home as well in Edinburgh, the Lake District, Pembrokeshire. And she's had her articles published in a variety of different travel company publications as well. So she's a really well-respected travel writer, but she's also a lifestyle writer. Um, and she writes about family and children and parenting and this thing called dealing with lockdown. I don't know what that's all about. What could that I've be? heard of it. What is it? I don't know. We'll find out. Um <laughs> 
she, yeah, she also writes about mental health as well. And um, she's written a wonderful poem called Just Be Kind. And Cara also writes about um, her own episodes of battling with anorexia and, and, and things like that as well. So I'm really, really can't wait to meet Cara and get her involved. She's also published her first novel in October uh, 2020 called Skin and Bone, uh, which is really interesting. To get a first novel out of the way like that is a real achievement, and I'm really interested to talk about that. Um, and the main character within the book battles anorexia, which is one of the one of the challenges that Cara's had over over her time as well. So it's a good time to introduce Cara. Are you still there, Cara? We've got fingers crossed because we can't see you. I'm here. Hi. Yes. 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 <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I'm I'm literally punching the air now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. So was was that a reasonable introduction, Cara? Have I got that about right? Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you. Oh, you good. didn't mention the Marmite, which I'm pleased about. <laughs> oh, well, you're going to have to answer the Marmite reference now. What was that? <laughs> oh, that I had Marmite for breakfast. Oh, <laughs> judge me, but... <laughs> controversial. Controversial. <laughs> we do a little sound check, don't we? Go, what did you have for breakfast? Scott didn't have any breakfast this morning because I had to go for a COVID test. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know that you couldn't eat before your COVID test, but maybe it was just a time press thing, was it? Well, no, because you rang me saying that you tested positive, so then we had to decide if we needed to go and get a test, and we got advised we did need to go get a test, so by the time all that had happened, we hadn't eaten breakfast. Ah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, mate. Really sorry. Um, <laughs> and in the sound chat bit, Cara's breakfast was, what was it, Cara? Crumpets and Marmite? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. You've split the audience straight away there. Yeah. No, probably 90 10 to be honest. Not Marmite. In, in which, not Marmite, 90%. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the 10. I love a bit of Marmite, mate. Me too. Twiglets, Marmite. Exactly. They were oh, on sale cool. at Sainsbury's of the week. Say against- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm against the whole crumpet thing in general. Are you? What? Yeah. What's not wrong with you? Fan. Really? I know. Yeah. <gasps> that in itself is controversial, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, son of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Cara, um, you're going to have to tell us how marzipan is. It's not the happy ending oh, I think no. everyone's hoping. Oh. He, oh, no. More for What's the safety happened? of passengers, I didn't take him on Northern Rail. Um, okay. Not for him, more for them. Um, <laughs> he, he spent Christmas Day on his own, unfortunately. <laughs> um <laughs> It's but, just heartbreaking. <laughs> but with him being Russian, he's very independent, very sassy. Um, oh, stop a minute. Stop. Stop a minute. You're going to have to take me back five seconds. What was that? He's a Russian dwarf hamster. <laughs> this gets um, better. He, um, but I, I turned the heating off on Christmas Eve when I left. And when I came in on Boxing Day, it was on full blast and all my plants had died, so... Oh, I mean, I'll leave it up to the audience, but I personally point the finger at Marzipan, but... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't quite... I, the image I'm forming here is quite disturbing. <laughs> like a little shop of horrors. Is, 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 is Marzipan still alive? Oh, he's fine. It's oh. just the house plants, the yucca plants, not in a good way, or the steak plant. Oh, dear. So he's, so he's a Russian dwarf hamster? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. I didn't, I've never heard of one of them. He's like the size of a strawberry, a large <laughs> strawberry. He's that, that 
<laughs> the size of a strawberry. Yeah, like a yeah, like a large misshapen strawberry. Is that is this like um <laughs> is this an Aldi strawberry or a Waitrose strawberry? Because there's a oh, big difference. Aldi, sorry. Now, <laughs> like a little a little shriveled up Aldi strawberry. Yeah, is, is, you know, like a bit. The ones that have been reduced a bit, but <laughs> still quite charming. That's him. Oh no! So he's can not. We, can we have a picture for Instagram? Of course, yeah, I've got plenty. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> it's like the Kate Moss of his hair. He sounds. He sounds amazing. So uh, I do need to ask one question: the fact that he's a Russian dwarf hamster. His his journey didn't bring him from Russia this Christmas, did it? He's not just. He's not left Leningrad and decided to. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. He's had to isolate for two weeks. <laughs> no, he was from pets at home in Stockport, but I mean, I don't know where they got him. But crikey, this is a this is a saga that's beyond <laughs> what I was expecting. Oh, oh no! Could, so, will you please? You will send us a picture of of, uh, of marzipan. I will. I've got one of my old hamsters as well in a Superman cape. If you want that, sorry. <laughs> He was a Syrian one, though. He was a Syrian hamster. <laughs> What's wrong with a good old British hamster? <laughs> not as sassy, a, I find. A, a Syrian hamster in a Superman cape. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we think... Well, we got sold him as a hamster. We think he was some sort of, like, pig cross rat. He was huge. He was absolutely ginormous. Oh, Wow. This is genius. Oh, wow. So you've gone from ginormous pig hamster to small strawberry hamster this time. Yeah, like a watermelon. To, yeah, yeah, literally to a strawberry. <laughs> Do you always base your pets on fruits? <laughs> I try to. I name them after desserts as well. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait till you get that creme brulee salamander. <laughs> <laughs> Fruit salad. Oh. Wow. Oh. Wonderful. I don't, I, was, think, I don't think we can top that. I don't think we can. I think we should just end it here. <laughs> That's been a wonderful episode. Thank you very much and Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Crikey. I don't quite know where to go from this point. Um, where should we go now, Scott? What do you think? Where's your head up? Okay, let's do that. Mine's in a really good spot now. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, this is bright in my day now, end. That's made my week. Yeah. Don't mind being COVID positive. I've got everything from this. <laughs> Genius. So, oh. Cara, this little section called Where's Your Head At, which we've just introduced, um, we do at the start of each podcast each week, and we'll just check in, really, to see, really, uh, how's your, where's your head at? I think it's quite an important question to ask these days. So, uh, Scott, where, where's your head at now? Um, well, I think it's in a much better place now. <laughs> Just in the last five minutes? Just the last five minutes have made my entire week. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's in an all right place this week. It's been a quiet Christmas. Yeah. Um, well, I say quiet. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't remember much of it. Oh, it was one of those, um, was it? Yeah. Well, wow. I, I did, you've seen the video, haven't you? I have, but yeah, we are on a podcast and yeah. other people might not, so you might need to reference no, but, that. Yeah, um, if anyone wants to know what happened, I put a video up on YouTube. Oh dear. <laughs> um, so that, that covers a little bit of it. But yeah, I think it's in a, a little bit, yeah, a good spot. Good. I did watch that video, and about the first four and a half minutes of it seemed like a normal Christmas, you know, with a nice little <laughs> meal and some jollity yeah. around the table. And then the last three minutes of it were, were it was carnage. It was carnage. Yeah, it escalated quite quickly. So it was like, um, um, it was like a very drunken version of Paranormal Activity. 
That's exactly what it is. But basically, it was a very quiet Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we played, like, card games, as okay. everyone does. Mm-hmm. And then me and Holly ended up on our own, sat on the kitchen floor, listening to 90s disco pop, getting drunk. Okay. <laughs> um, Sounds like so, the perfect yeah. Christmas, yeah. I, I, after, after, I don't remember much after that bit. <laughs> Just watch your video back. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's not gone into the actual finalised <laughs> video. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Oh, you'll have to show me the what about... <laughs> No. <laughs> what about you? Uh, where's my head at this week? It, um, it is it is splitting at the moment. I've I've <laughs> I'm currently carrying quite a thick headache at the moment. Um, we've already more than hinted. Uh, I was uh, privileged to be uh, classed as COVID positive a couple of days ago. Um, yes. which is a bit of a setback, to be honest. Uh, so I don't quite know what to expect from that, um, apart from feeling like I've just got the world's worst hangover. Um, and it's a long time since I've had a hangover, but this one has been, you know, it's been created for me, if you like. So yeah. I'm currently sporting a splitting headache uh, and a little bit of lethargy. But apart from that, I think I'm doing okay, to be honest. Well, you're not on your own, I don't think, because I've literally just got a news flash. Yeah. Um, and it says there is forty-one thousand cases this week. So no. today, really? So you're you're not alone. Well, I am alone, or I have to be for the next few days. But I know what you mean. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> wow, it's gone through the roof, hasn't it? It feels like it's gone through the roof this week. It, it feels real again. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Crikey. Okay. Yeah. Um, but despite that, yeah, I'm looking forward to 2021. We're in 2021. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, how nice is that going to be? So. That's all good. Cara, where's your head at this week? Let's hope it's uh, not aching. Um, no, I'm feeling quite positive. I went into Christmas without any expectations. Um, usually we'd probably go out for food, um, but it was just me and my mum, dead quiet, just watched loads of films that I watched when I was little, like Home Alone 2, Nativity, <laughs> um, Candy Canes and Monster Munch for breakfast, replacing the Marmite, <laughs> um, just dead quiet, made mince pies, pl- played card games, uh, Dinosaur Top Trumps, I won. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like little simple pleasures. It was really, really nice. I was really surprised but probably the best christmas i've had for years dinosaur top trumps oh it's amazing yeah the t-rex has got to win out every time surely he's got to be the top trump yeah i think he is he's the king isn't he i think so i think because you're a writer and a creative soul and you collect (laughs) random hamsters from various different parts of the world there must be something here that is a hamster top trumps in the making (laughs) oh my god yeah what would be the that is my what will be the criteria? Looks, um, dressing up outfits, dressing, dressing up yeah. outfits, Dis- distance travelled, sass, sass, fight, fight. Yes. How much? How much food he can store in his little tiny little cheeks? Oh, do you know what? Dragon's Den for three of us. Oh, we're on it. We're on it. This time next year, we're there. We are there. I think if we don't do that, we're missing an opportunity. I think. I think there's a market for it. I think there is definitely, definitely. People, (laughs) it's just that people don't know it yet. Hamsters of the world. Yes, exactly. If if there isn't a market there, go out and create one. That's my philosophy in life. (laughs) Exactly. And we found a gap in the market. (laughs) I don't think anyone else would have come up with it. (laughs) I think. What was what was your first one? Where was he from? 
Syria. So I think he's going to win out, isn't he? Definitely. He's, he's the uber. He's the uber hamster. Yeah, to be fair, we used to take him to the to the pet shows, like in the villages, and he used to win every time. He used to beat all the dogs. I think there was like a bit of rivalry, a bit of jealousy going on. But this is that there's actually pet shows for hamsters. Well, no, it was like a general pet show. Most people, I mean, like ninety nine percent of people had dogs, and there was me with like this little Syrian hamster. But you know, in, was, a, in a box or on a little lead. <laughs> He actually used to sit on my shoulder. He was so safe. <laughs> marzipan, I wouldn't trust oh. doing that. But Sunday, yeah, he was it's like a brother to me. Oh, it's like a street cat named Bob, this is. <laughs> oh, he's died, hasn't he? He has, that cat. Oh, yeah, lovely. Nice ending to a story there. Scott. No, Thank sorry. No, I that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, because he used to sit on the guy's shoulder, didn't he? Yeah, on the tube and all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely film, that is. Have you seen that film, Cara? Not seen the film. I didn't know there was a film of it. Actually, a street, yeah, true story. A street cat named Bob. Yeah, it's a really nice film actually. Oh. So uh, while you while you're off stuffing your face with candy canes and marmite crumpets, <laughs> um, get, get the film out and watch it. That's my plan for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing, crikey! So that's our um, where's your head at? And uh, <laughs> I think despite the challenges, we're all in a reasonable spot. So, Cara, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really do appreciate it. We're going to get into some of the more serious stuff now because um, I introduced you as a writer and you do um, travel writing and lifestyle writing and you've written a book as well. So explain to us a little bit more about what you do do. Yeah, so um, I started off when I was younger writing children's books. Um, so I wrote my first book when I was six. I mean, oh. it was questionable. It was very questionable in about three pages. Um, <laughs> and I just... I just loved it so much, just kept doing it, um, kept writing books. And then I sort of branched out onto articles. Um, I lived abroad for a period of time and, and travelled a bit around Europe. Um, and while I was there, I started writing about the different places I was seeing, different cultures, um, just sort of cause, because obviously everything that happened prior to that, which I know we'll, we'll get on to, um, it was like a new lease of life. So I started writing my experiences about the places I was seeing um, and I'd send them to different tourism companies and just on the off chance they might like them or want to promote them and they got quite a good response um, and that then gave me the confidence to take what had always been sort of a hobby and a passion and sort of give me the confidence to put it out there on different platforms. So how did, so you've always been a writer, you made reference to the fact that your first book was at six, I don't think many people can claim <laughs> to have written a first book even though it was only three pages at six, three pages is quite a lot. Yeah, it was on the back of him because I hate maths. I know, I know you do as well. Um, yeah, yeah, numerical I, dyslexic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Honestly, I, <laughs> I'm so bad with numbers. Um, and I was doing my SATs exam in year six. Uh, sorry, when I was six, so year two. Um, and it was my maths paper, and I just decided I didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. So I wrote a story on the back, um, on the back pages <laughs> instead. What of your exam paper? <laughs> yeah, and didn't do any of the questions. I did get in trouble for it. Um, I still got like the note in my contact book home. Um, that so... is rebellious and, and wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I've, I've kept those, and then I just, I just used to fold over bits of my dad's printing paper, which he wasn't too pleased about because I was wasting all his printing paper, um, which in like the nineties was quite expensive. So I just like, fold these bits of paper over and like illustrate them myself and um, make them into my own little books and put them on my bookshelf. Oh, that is so sweet. What That's was your, what was your first story about that you wrote on the back of your maths exam paper? Can you remember? Oh, it was Pip Squeak the Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Has that been published or not? 
<laughs> no, I would actually my goal for this for 2021 is to sort of try and make it a little bit longer than three pages and see what I can do with it and try and sort of bring it back a bit. I think Pipsqueak the Pipsy might go on a bit of a European journey with um, with uh, Marzipan the Hamster. Oh, yeah. She has got a pet tiger, Ooh, but I'm sure Marzipan would be sassier than that. So I think it's... so. I think so. She's got a, what? She's got a pet tiger. Yeah, this was six-year-old me. I mean, I'm not going to be accountable for anything I wrote, but <laughs> yeah, clearly I thought Pixies had tigers back in the day, but, <laughs> but I think Marzipan is more of a, a worthy main character, to be honest. <laughs> Marzipan's got legs, and uh, not only four of them, he's got legs, little, little diddy legs, but he's, he's going to go a long way. I think one of the advantages, or one of the requirements, I guess, of being a writer is a rather vivid imagination. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm an only child. I don't know if you might have kind of got that. <laughs> <laughs> I was always sort of left to my own devices and sort of um, imagination-wise. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's amazing. So you've been writing since you were six years old, Cara, yeah? Which is, yeah. Which is quite an achievement. How did you then start to get into doing it professionally then? You just said you you started to send articles off to different publications. Yeah, um, and where I work as well, we've got a blog on the website, um, which is where sort of my, my parenting and the lifestyle ones come from as well. So I've just, because of the confidence I got from sort of my travel ones, I've just tried to sort of branch out and just challenge myself because in the past it was very, I just wanted to be a children's author and that was it. So over the past few years, I have tried to sort of push myself a bit more in terms of sort of the genres and sort of different platforms. So once you'd written something, you'd send it off to a publisher. Was that to like try and find like a publishing deal? So like when a musician sends an EP to a label to try and get a deal? Yeah, and with my articles, it would be sort of the, the countries I was in. I'd send it to different sort of tourism boards or sort of organisations Um yeah, just in the hope, really, that, that they would promote it. Obviously, it's it's. I'd put them on my own sort of blogs and things and put them publish them on my own social media, but um, if you've got something like that behind you as well, promoting it to a wider audience, um, I did yeah. sort of, yeah, it, it was um, it was a lot. It was quite... Because that different. in itself is like when you've written something, sending it out in the hope that someone else will then do something else with it, that be quite nerve-wracking as well yeah. yeah you're kind of putting yourself on the spot aren't you and you, it's a real yeah. vulnerable thing to do and you put your creativity out there for, for the judgment of other people yeah it's a brave, yeah it's a brave thing yeah. to do so yeah ho- hopefully it's um give me a bit of diversity but I do still prefer sort of writing children's books as, as a general but I have really enjoyed sort of different aspects including poetry as well really which was something that I didn't really expect to ever sort of get involved with yeah we'll come on to that in a moment because obviously as, as aside from your travel stuff you, you write lifestyle articles like you mentioned uh, and you start to write about mental health as well relatively recently is that is, is that a more recent evolution yeah I mean for a while it did take me a while to sort of open up about my own battles but I thought there's so many people going through it and um, on so many different degrees and um, and obviously, like I said in my email to you, even though it is, it's not a taboo anymore, mental health, and people are talking about it, there's still a lot of misconceptions. Um, and I think it does take somebody to be in the position to have been there themselves to be able to discuss it openly and sort of shed light on what it's what it's actually like and different mindsets. And the more people share their experiences, the better, because everyone's different and not everyone's going to relate to just a list of symptoms on Google or a list That's of... True. It's, you know, there's so many different things and different different variations and triggers. And I just think the more people that discuss it and their own experiences, the better, really. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. What do you think, Scott? Sorry. 
No, I completely agree because Google and just searching like that sort of stuff in general is a bad idea because it's like, you know, when you got a bit of a cold and you Google it yeah. and you end up with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, it's like that. It's exactly like that. So the more you can actually just kind of talk about it and get it out and find someone that will listen yeah. and help you, even just with creativity, like writing a book, writing music. Yeah. Just different outlets, just isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's those those generalised resources or the public resources are very generalised and very sterile in their yeah. in their direction. It has to be black and white. This these are the symptoms. This is what you might have, and it takes out of it all the different idiosyncrasies and all the different personalities and experiences that people have had. And so you can't cover it in a resource like that. And it's exactly what you said, Car. It's down to everybody's individual perspectives and personalised experiences, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's it's just sort of making people feel that they you know that they're not alone in their experiences and that nobody's experiences is lesser than someone else's or every everyone is completely different, everyone's triggers are different and I think when people realize that it, it's it's definitely something that needs to be realized, I think. Completely true and that ability as we've always spoken about on this podcast, that ability to just acknowledge it, accept it and open up and talk about it and once you start doing that, it makes a real difference to you and to other people as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So we spoke about the challenges of being very open and honest about about mental health. What's what's your journey been along that particular route then, Cara? Are you, are you okay to talk to us about that? Yeah. So when I was about 20, um, I, I've always been sort of a perfectionist and I've always put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, sort of I, I like everything to be sort of just so. Um, and I do get quite worked up if things aren't going right or I feel like I could do better at something. Um, and... I like to be sort of very in control of, of everything in, in my life. Sort of, I like everything to be in a structure. And if I feel like, say, with exercise, that's kind of how it started with me. I'd, I'd have to do a run a certain distance, or you know, yeah. I just put there's a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. And I was at the time I was in a job that I really didn't like. And this is say when I was twenty. I just I'd left college where I'd had like a really good social life. Um, a lot of my friends had gone to uni, which I hadn't, and I just I just felt really I don't know I just felt really really deflated, um, very different to the person I had been. I lost a lot of confidence. I just felt this, like this this just couldn't be this this wasn't what I wanted out of life. I didn't expect to be in the position I was in, um, and because I was losing all that control and all that very sort of I didn't have there was a lot of pressure on myself. Um, yeah. And it sort of material, I didn't realise at the time, but it did manifest into sort of an obsession with exercise. Um, so I started running more, because I've always sort of enjoyed sport, like running and things, um, but it became like an obsession and it was sort of me channeling all of my own happiness into running um, yep, yep. and trying to sort of, when I did a run in a certain amount of time or I did like a personal best, it was like a sort of a euphoric feeling it was like I was good at something which I needed yeah. to feel at the time um but it did spiral out of control really really bad and I lost so much weight and it sort of manifested over into food as well so I started counting calories and it mm. did turn out in the end I did get anorexia um and yeah. yeah it was um it was really difficult and for a while I was so in denial with it I mean people my friends and my mum and dad had raised concerns about it but it like you said before with mental health it, it come you has to come from yourself to accept it yeah um and i was convinced i was trying to convince other people i was just doing it f- 
for myself and my own personal well-being and there's nothing wrong with me and um, I'm making healthy changes but everyone could see that it was more than that and it was an obsession yeah. um, and when I finally did realize that I was really scared um, I would never have imagined myself being in that position which is one of the things that I did I always sort of say about anorexia it's not it's not always triggered by a desire to lose weight which I think quite a lot of people do think exactly yeah um, which is what I sort of what I do try and sort of campaign about because it's so many different triggers and it, it, a lot of it is about control and sort of you, yeah. you, how you perceive yourself. It, it really is. That is so often at the root of it, isn't it? And um, you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a qualified mental health first aid instructor, and, and and eating disorders is one of the topics that we become knowledgeable in when we when we become you know, trained up in that. And that's one of the first things that that they spoke about, certainly around this particular topic is it's not about weight loss or, or food. It's about control. It's about putting in elements of control where people feel there is not that element of control elsewhere within their lives. And, you know, when you see, when you see the weight loss and you see the increase in fitness as a consequence of that dedication to running or to fitness, whatever it may well be, it can be motivating. It can be great because you feel great and you think you look great, but it can go too far, can't it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And then it takes other people to point it out. But like you said, it's that denial, it's that self-denial. And until you've crossed that border of denial, it's very difficult to do anything about it, isn't it? Yeah, and it is scary when you finally realise what people have been warning you about. You're already too far gone then. And in obviously in the book, I know we'll talk about that, I do yeah. refer to it as the voice because it is a voice in your head and it it just takes over your whole mindset. You can't do anything. You can't, even in your, like, I was dreaming that I was eating foods that I didn't, I shouldn't eat. So I'd have a dream that I'd, I'd eat loads of food and I'd wake up like with heart palpitations. It's, it takes over every aspect of your life. It is, yeah. it's horrible. It's just so crippling. Yeah. Thank you for opening up about that, Cara, and for, and for sharing that. It would be a huge help to, to a lot of people. One of the things about it is that judgment, isn't it? And, how we get judged by other people and, and people see, um, you know, the, the, the physical form or the facade or somebody appearing to be one thing or another and they will make a judgment on that. Um, but it's what's going on behind it, isn't it? And I think you've encapsulated this in a poem. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the poem and then I'm going to play it in if that's okay? Yeah, um, I actually came up with that last year just um, after Caroline Flack sadly um, passed away. Um yeah. I just obviously thought it was it, it was just such a, a poignant time. I just thought um, with everything on the media and obviously social media, it, I mean, we, you could argue about it for days. It's it's pros and cons. Um, yeah. But obviously there are a lot of cons to it. Um, and we, obviously we all use it. We all love it. And obviously for things like you, you and Scott do and myself, it's promotion and it's has its pros. But um, it. It, it can be a tool of sort of mass dest- of sort of mass destruction and self destruction as well. Um, yeah, it really especially, can. Yeah, obviously, like with with Caroline Flack as well. Um, obviously, I, I know she obviously had things going on, but it, it is that as well behind closed doors. You you just don't know. You you see you see a facade of somebody like like you said before, and you see a persona of somebody on the media, but you don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. And it is that age old thing. You just don't know what what's going on behind someone's smile. Really, you just have no idea. Very true. And you wrote this poem, didn't you? And it was called what? Be Kind? Just Be Kind, yeah. I'm going to play it in if that's all right. Yeah, thank you. A crowded room, but you feel so alone. The mask you wear, the transparent conviction of your tone. The walls are closing in and the darkness is growing. The smile on your face is strained, 
but the pain isn't showing. The world is judging, all eyes on you. You tell everyone you're fine and convince yourself too. People reach out and say that they care, but the door closes and there's no one there. You worry about becoming a burden, so you shut yourself away. It becomes a stretch just to make it through the day. Your mind is at war, let the battle commence. The pressure is on and it feels so intense. You hang on every word they say, a paranoid mist. Another symptom to add to their misinformed checklist. You're a statistic, a faceless campaign, as you slowly start to go insane. How did this happen? When did it start? The ice-cold fingers caress your heart. Your veins silent dungeons, empty of life. Your eyes motionless ghosts as your mind yields the knife. No one can hear you scream as you drop to the floor. They step over you, so you cry out some more. It's too late now. The world hangs its head. A million possibilities of what might have been said. The message is clear. So just be kind. Because you never know when you'll fall victim to the prison of your mind. Wowzers. That's... That's powerful. Isn't it? Thank you. That's kind of got me, to be honest. The prison of your mind. <laughs> the prison of your mind. That's like, yeah. Uh, that's that's proper powerful. Isn't it just? It's an absolute beautiful poem, that is. Thank you for that, Cara. We don't mind me voicing it like that, and but um, I thought the words were just incredible. Oh, no, thank you for that. It sounded, I've never heard it said apart from in my own head before so that sounds amazing thank you for that that's often the case isn't it with writers and 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 creatives you 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 know you you, so much of your time and so much of your writing is spent with your own voice in your own head yeah um when you hear somebody else put their spin on it maybe it's uh it breathes a bit more life into it i think it's an incredible piece of work oh thank you so much i love it yeah absolutely love it and proof if it was if it was needed before that you've got an amazing writing capability really thank you so much so on that note i want to talk about the book um because i think a lot of what you wrote there uh, and a lot of what you've spoken about with your own experiences obviously have gone into into your book um which you published in october and it's called what it's called skin and bone okay tell us a little bit more about the book cara so it the main character grace um she she has sort of a quite a troubled sort of childhood she she's very sort of a lone wolf she's very independent um but because people don't really understand her independence they sort of bully her at high school because she's different um what she doesn't realize is that we'll stand her in good stead when she's older because she's so independent um and she's she's not afraid to, to be herself um but obviously at high school sort of fitting in is everything so it sort of explores her sort of childhood in in that way how she sort of she changes herself to try and fit in but she's never happy because it's not her um so it is about her finding herself but unfortunately in in the pressure as as was the case with with myself um sort of my own experience is coming into it on in this aspect she she does get an eating disorder because she feels so out of control and she's so conflicted in between trying to be somebody that everyone thinks she should be and who she actually is um and she meets the other main character jamie um who has also had a bad upbringing he's got a very um sort of domineering father who's a man's man men don't cry mental health you know is a myth um (laughs) so he's got a lot of sort of um 
anger um and he's he's quite an emotional boy um and he's always at sort of at loggerheads with his dad um and he struggles with this voice in his head as well um and their paths just cross one day on the train um home from work um and it turns out they've got mutual friends and it's all sort of about a hit and miss their friendship like because obviously when you're struggling with mental health and you're in that dark place, it's hard to make friends. It's, it's hard to socialize because you do want to be on your own. Um, and even if you didn't want to be on your own, it's you, the voice does tell you that you, you don't want to go out and see your friends. You, you don't deserve that. Um, mm. So it's all sort of about their friendship being hit and miss. Um, but when they are together, they do bring out the best in each other and they're very much themselves with each other. And it's how about each of them's, battling their own journey along the way um and sort of using that as their friendship blossoms um sort of their own mental health and things like that they begin to talk about it and they start to realize things about themselves um and just sort of growing confidence really as the book goes on and and discuss sort of the things that, that have gone on in their lives that have made them sort of the way they are i think that's amazing it's such a it's such a powerful message to convey isn't it because when we are experiencing things like this, whatever whatever form of mental ill health it might be, and it all sits on a scale, um, it's a very isolating experience, isn't it? And it's a degrading experience and you feel kind of lifeless and worthless and all those sorts of things. And, and all you want to do is lock yourself away. Yeah. Um, but what you're writing about there by the sounds of it is two people who've had those experiences, who've, who've met by chance, opened up, talked about it and have grown and have gained in confidence as a consequence of doing that. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, definitely. Amazing. And what a powerful message for people. What what impact did writing the book have on you then, Cara? Um, I mean, at times it, it was difficult. Um sort of having to put myself back in in that dark place of of the main character grace um Mm. who has the anorexia but i I wanted it to be honest i I wanted it to go into detail um you know i wanted it to be real i wanted people to to really know what it is like um and that it's not just a case of somebody wanting to lose weight and then losing a bit too much weight i wanted all the details in like the always being cold um the altering of your your whole personality um the heart palpitations and the voice in your head literally it just say just it follows you around everywhere I just wanted it to be really raw just just so people understand really and and you know sort of break the misconceptions down but in a way it was sort of quite liberating obviously watching Grace growing confidence um and there is a certain chapter where she she stands up to the voice for the first time (laughs) and um it's it's lovely because it reminded me of I remember the first time I actually stood up to the voice. I was I used to have, I used to make myself do a hundred sit ups a day, and I was living in Spain at the time, and I was lay on the floor. Um, obviously, it's like a hard marble floor, um, yeah. and I, I just it was hurting my back, and I just sat up and I was like, I'm in a beautiful country. I've been given this amazing experience. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm literally ruining my own life. And obviously the voice is screaming at you, obviously get back on the floor, carry on. And I just stood up and just went and stood on my balcony and I was like, that is enough. I'm not, I'm not being like your slave anymore. I'm my own person. Um, and that's sort of the, the chapter that's my favourite in the book where Grace does like her own moment where she stands up to the voice. Um, so for aspects like that, it, it was really liberating and quite therapeutic to write as well. It's amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Do you find like creativity in that sense? You're always writing about your experiences in some kind of way. 
Yes, um, and if not, I'm writing an escape. So my children's books, obviously, like with the pixies and things, they're very wacky. Um, so they're, <laughs> they're an escape for me from reality um, and sort of what I, I would hope in future that other people can find, you know, if they are having a rubbish day, they can sit down and pick up a, a weird book about hamsters and pixies and think, <laughs> this is just a sort of weirdness I need to take me away from reality. <laughs> it's like a combination. <laughs> On on that note, then, as uh, what what are your what are your objectives for the rest of this year? Then for twenty twenty one, are you setting yourself some new writing objectives down there, Cara? Yeah, I would like to because um, obviously, Skin and Bone was my first uh, young adult novel, um, yeah. so I would like to sort of go back to sort of children's books and just sort of see what I can do with those. Brilliant, Marzipan, Marzipan and his travels have got to be. <laughs> Please, can I make a request? I can dedicate it to you both. Oh, would you? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that'd be amazing! I want I want copies of that on my bookshelf by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Two more questions for you, and then we're, and then we're going to explore a third party's perspective on this with someone that we know and love. So, as someone who writes professionally, it's a lot of people's kind of way to switch off is to start to journal and start to write. But obviously, you write professionally. How do you switch off and unwind at the end of the day or at the end of a week? I do find it hard like a lot of the time I'll, I'll be in the shower and I'll get like a line of a poem in my head or an idea so I'll jump out and like write a note on my phone <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so it is it is hard um but for me right creative writing is is an escape um and it's like obviously especially with my children's books so um that's how kind of I do unwind the imagination and just go into a completely different place that's how long does it take to write that novel about 18 months, Skin and Bone. It's, it's quite a chunky wow. one. Um, yeah, I did have a wedding to plan in the middle of it all, so it did sort of get put on the back burner a bit. But, um, yeah, about about 18 months. That's a commitment, isn't it? Credit to you. That is, yeah. Thank you. So if if anyone here listening to this now was thinking, I really like the idea of sitting and writing, and everyone says there's a book in everybody, but we, we, we rarely have the commitment or the, or the confidence to actually sit and get it down on paper and, and, and get it published... What would you, how would you advise them to start? It does sound cheesy, but just write from the heart. Um, don't worry about things like spelling and grammar. I mean, my spelling is, is awful. Um, just just write about what inspires you, what, what your passion is, what makes you happy, your fears, your opinions. Um, just, just develop your own style. Because um, I think that is a big selling point. If you focus too much on what you think you should be writing or what you think right sort of grammar grammar wise um it does sort of take it away from your personality and your voice so i just think just sit down and write as as your mind thinks just write yeah. it's your yeah. personality then and i think that's the, the nicest thing about writing when you can hear someone's voice or get the personality from it i love that yeah, i agree with that comparing yourself to too many people is a, that's not a good thing no. you need no. to kind of well, you don't like the word authentic as so much, but you have to be authentic. It's not that I don't like it. I just think it gets overused and, and yeah, misinterpreted. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. 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 But that, that message is back to you, isn't it, about your YouTube channel and all of your music and stuff. It's what you know, who you're making oh, yeah, for definitely. and, and lovely. Well, yeah, because I started making videos for myself and then as you kind of get more subscribers and you get monetized, you start to think about what other people want to see rather than what you want to keep yeah. making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cara... On that note, where we've just now started to give a little bit of personal insight and some perspectives as to how to help other people out, we're going to introduce our ethereal guest at this point, if that's all right with you. Of course. And he's going to, he's going to come floating in in a minute on a, on a hardback book. That's, what he's, that's how he's entering this week. <laughs> and here he comes. 
Mr. Whitfield is arriving. Yeah, flying through the door on a hard back book. <laughs> what an entrance. On his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, are you familiar with our Mr. Whitfield section, Cara? I am. I love it. Do you? <laughs> so, um, what's what's your take on Mr. Whitfield then? Scott normally tries to explain it at this point. I'm going to leave that to you. You're going to leave it to me this week? Or would you like me to do it? No, I'll do it this week. Mr. Okay. Whitfield is a third-party perspective. It's a different view on things. It's if we're uncertain or fearful or we're experiencing self-doubt at any point, and this podcast is called All About the Doubt, right? So we all experience doubt at some point. The moment when we experience it and we go... Uh, and we feel like we're going to just not do something, what in that moment would Mr. Whitfield do? And Mr. Whitfield is that really wise character that would just give you the confidence and the momentum and the purpose to go and do something. How does that sound? That's exactly what I've been trying to say for the last however many episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But struggled. (laughs) So on that basis, Cara, who's your Mr. Whitfield? Do you have one? Or Mrs. Whitfield? Um, She's a character from one of my children's books. Um, (laughs) She's a very sassy five-year-old with tattoos. Um, (laughs) Don't ask. There was a terrible incident. Ah, ah. Um, so like, oh, God. she's like very into a rock music. She's got like pet snakes. Um, she's called Ella. She she believes she's half shark. Um, she has 120 teeth. She, she's <laughs> half shark. Imagination. She's... But she, she's very very she's very confident. Um, she's got an opinion on everything, especially like she's very into her animals and her um her sharks. Um, she's very into like boycotting aquariums. Um, but she's like. <laughs> But she's she's so sort of um she knows her own mind. Um, oh, she does. She, she certainly does. Um, and I think she was sort of my mum always says she was like my sort of alter ego at primary school because I wasn't wasn't very confident. Um, I mean, I wrote books. And I was obsessed with ponies. So I mean, oh. I wasn't like the coolest cookie on the shelf. So. I think Ella was kind of like the person that I wanted to be. Um, so wow. she, um, yeah, I always ask myself, what would Ella do? Um, what would Ella she, do? She's got that confidence that I think I try, I try and sort of, I try and take. So a little bit of a weird one, but. it's. I think that is the most abstract, Mr. I, I think it is. I think it's fringing on the most abstract, definitely. <laughs> so so just to summarise, if I've listened, if I've heard that correctly, and I was hoping I wasn't getting any interference on the line at this point that made me hear something a little bit random, <laughs> but I've got a down as a five-year-old half-shark girl with 120 teeth and tattoos who boycotts aquariums. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad which, I heard that which, right. Which half is shark, top or bottom half? <laughs> well, her, like she, she has like a half called Kim Carsplashian. And that's like a shark name. <laughs> that's like her shark persona. And then she's Ella at school. Oh, can you explain the tattoo reference? She said it was a bit of a difficult time for her. Oh, yeah, she was arrested um, at the airport for trying to transport stingrays. Um, <laughs> she, she stole them because um, she was trying to save them. And she puts, like, electric eels inside tights to, like, insulate them to, to save them. So, yeah, she got arrested. And it, yeah, some, I think someone did it to her in prison. Someone like, yeah, it, but it's of, it's of a shark. So She's got a tattoo of a shark, understandably so. Yeah, it's, it's a big passion. Wow. I'm exhausted with that. My brain has gone <laughs> off into a world that I wasn't expecting it to, and I love it in there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh, okay. Is there a book? Is there a book in the making? 
this, yeah, so. this one's already been written, but um, yeah, um, th- this is probably my favourite one. I read this when I've had a really rubbish day. I'm like, I need to go into another world, either watch Harry Potter or I'll just read my old Ella books back. Oh, Ella. Can you send us an Ella book? Is it printed? <laughs> yeah, I can send you one, Oh, yeah. please do. Oh, God, I need a bit of Ella in my life. That sounds amazing. Yeah, there's one where she comes back as a 20-year-old and she's in a, a rock band and... She's called Queen Shark Bite. That's the stage name. <laughs> oh, crikey. So my next question is normally at this point, what does your Mr. Whitfield look like? But I think you've, <laughs> I think you've answered it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crikey. Uh, what would a chosen method of transport be? I have Mr. Whitfield flying in on a hardback book. I think I might have to change that reference as we wave goodbye <laughs> To Ella Whitfield, what would uh, what would she ride on the way out? A wave. No, <laughs> <laughs> she ride a wave. <laughs> oh, oh, that is genius. That is absolute genius. I don't know where else to take it apart from to just go. <laughs> Thank you, Ella Whitfield, for brightening our lives. <laughs> Does she ride a surfboard? Yeah. No, but oh, that would actually no. be a good twist in the books. Maybe she learned the skills in prison. <laughs> I know a lot of people have learned to surf in prison, so I think that'll go down well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my word. Mr. Whitfield, I love this section so much. So Ella Whitfield rides the waves off into the distance. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Crikey, that's bright in my day, that is. It's you know make... when I said we couldn't top the hamster bit? Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> I, th- I think we have. <laughs> We've got a half shark now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Scott, I'm almost reluctant to move on to the next section, but we're going to have to. Uh, where should we go yeah. next, Scott? We've got some listener comments, haven't we? We have. I think we're going to get a few more after this, to be honest. <laughs> um, we always ask for listener comments. Um, our guests inspire our listeners to write in. I think we'll get some more on the back of this episode, crikey. Amanda wrote in and said, um, Robin Scott, she's personalised it, which is really nice. Robin Scott, I heard you a few weeks ago on Radio Stoke. We did go on Radio Stoke, didn't we? And we did. uh, I finally decided to write in after listening to you from episode one. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for this podcast. It's so warm and personal, but informative and funny too. Um, keep it up, and I wish you all the best for 2021. How nice is that? So thank you so much, Amanda. Keep listening in. And please let us know what you think of uh, Ella the Shark. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, Martin has, uh, he sent a message to me, actually. He said, Happy Christmas, Scott. Thank you for the inspirational podcast from you and your dad. One of the brightest spots of my year. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Martin. I know Martin thank listens you, Martin. in regularly. Yeah, that's really appreciated, Martin. Thank you. Yeah. And we're trying to brighten people's lives yeah. and uh, hopefully it's it's it's, uh, it's getting there. So uh, yeah. So that was our listener comments this week. A bit light this week, but it has been Christmas, so uh, we'll let people off. Thank you. Keep them coming in. Um, where should we go next, Scott? Uh, would you like to talk about the sponsor? I think uh, that would be a good thing to do, yes. This is how we met, wasn't it, Cara? Because you saw us... In the local publication, didn't you? Yes. And yeah. it prompted you to reach out. Yeah. Which we really appreciate. Because had you not done that, we wouldn't have known anything about Ella the Shark or Marzipan the Hamster. Or, <laughs> perhaps more importantly, your book. <laughs> your world would have been a clearer place. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are our sponsors, Scott? 
The Effective Directories are a family-run business established for nearly 15 years. They produce five monthly magazines that are hand-delivered to over 46,000 homes in Cheshire, including Sandbach, Holmes Chapel, which we know more about each week, Congleton, Winsford and Northwich. The magazines feature adverts from local businesses and offer a range of low-cost, effective advertising plans to suit every budget. With the ongoing impact from COVID-19, I can speak personally on that one this week, on small businesses, now is the perfect time to let people know that your business is still here. So give the effective directories a call on 01270-765-619 or visit the website at tedmags.co.uk and let them help you get your business back on track. Perfect. Beautifully written, Scott. Or beautifully read, I should say. Thank you so much. Thanks to the effective directories for supporting us this year. It's got us in contact with Cara or Cara in contact with us, which um, we really do appreciate based on today's episode. <laughs> so, uh, um, should we move on, Scott? Where should we, where should we go next? Should we do some... I was just going to say, I've got some very good news for you. Go on. No, that was the next section. Oh, that you've got some good news for me. The very, 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 very important news section. It is, isn't it? That was that was slick, Scott, that. We're normally better that's than what this. I, that's what I was trying. So, do you want to go first? This is the... Um, the very, 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 very important news section. Scott, you take it from now. Go. Parents left in stitches after playing brutal Christmas prank on kids. <laughs> this sounds now, great. Go on. Go on. What has pretty much every teenage kid been after this Christmas? Oh, um, I would, without seeing this story, probably something game related, probably like a PlayStation 5 or something. You guessed correctly. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So this. Um, this parent, these parents have wrapped up a <laughs> PlayStation Five box, which in itself is difficult to get because they're practically non-existent. Okay. Um, but they wrapped up a, a, a PlayStation Five box and it was empty. Oh, that is cruel. Yeah. So they, um, I don't know what I think they just borrowed the box. So they didn't actually. Hold up a minute. So they didn't actually buy one and then keep it separate to the box. They just had the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they opened the box that said PlayStation 5 on it and there's nothing in it. Oh, no, that is doubly cruel. What do you think about that, Cara? Is that fair or not? <laughs> I mean, I have a 28-year-old husband that's just got um, an Xbox. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. You're not going to see him through 2021 then. That suits me. <laughs> 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 I'm joking. Oh, brilliant. That was brilliant. Oh, man, that is cruel. So so they didn't actually get one in the end. It wasn't a joke where they said, ta-da, we have actually got one after all, and it's in, it's in the uh, cupboard no. under the stairs. <laughs> um, I think they did actually get it in the end, yeah. Oh, let's hope they did. That's the good news story at the end. They didn't just, like, destroy these children. <laughs> that would ruin Christmas forever, not just this Christmas. I know. Oh, no, the poor kids. It's quite funny, though, as a parent, isn't it? I'd have done that for you. I know, I know you would, yeah. <laughs> right, OK, that is cruel. I've got another one. Man gets girlfriend a DNA test for Christmas and exposes a family secret hidden for 30 years. This has got disaster written all over. Hasn't it just? Hasn't it just? (laughs) Oh, dear me. A man has taken to social media to share the horrendous situation that he found himself in after getting his girlfriend uh, an ancestry kit for Christmas. (laughs) 
<laughs> what do we think might have happened here then? Uh, I have no idea. It sounds like an episode of Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would become one if that programme was still running. A man who attempted to get his girlfriend a unique gift, he certainly managed that by the sounds of it, uh, as an early Christmas present, has had the whole thing spectacularly blow up in his face. The unnamed guy, I wonder why, right, um, (laughs) has shared the disastrous tale in a post on Reddit's Relationship Advice Forum, hoping that strangers will have some words of wisdom to help. He bought a DNA testing kit for his partner that her mum and dad approved him getting before he bought it. However, after giving her... Uh, the ancestry kit, the uh, the American woman has now uncovered a shocking family secret that her mum has been keeping for 30 years. Yeah, I bet she has. Yeah, they were looking through the results and everything seemed normal until she noticed that it said half-sister on the list of family members. Oh, um, no. And she said to her mum, do I have a half-sister? And her mum replied, of course not. Why would you have a half-sister, honey? Lol. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Lol. Uh, before her mum stopped chuckling, she replied, do you know a John Smith? And the phone became dead silent. Turns out that um, her mum hadn't told her everything. She then proceeded to explain what had happened. Apparently, her mum and dad had, in brackets, taken a break for a weekend. And during this break... She hooked up with her ex-boyfriend, John, and then got back with the girlfriend's dad a couple of days later. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the moral of that story is... I think, don't buy a DNA test. Don't buy a DNA test for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts? Any thoughts? <laughs> no. <laughs> Merry no. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Happy New Year. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that house. I'm not sure I would. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Where should we go next, Scott? Uh, Do you want to give a mug away? I do. I'd love to give a mug away. Uh, Do you like our mug feature, Cara? I do. I I did like the fridge. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, we had a a fridge one last week, didn't we? Was that your vote last week? Oh, definitely, yeah. We've got got three others. And Cara, your vote is going to be really important here, okay? (laughs) Okay. So, oh, I can hear you taking a deep breath. This is tense. <laughs> no pressure. This is tense. So, this is one of our favourite sections, and it's called... So you want a new mug? Have one on us. Which Scott has abbreviated to... Swanhammer. <laughs> so you want a new mug? You can have one on <laughs> us. Which Scott has abbreviated to... Swanhammer. Oh, slightly off, slightly off beat there, mate. But I'll let it's you. A little off. bit of a delay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's 2021. We're all right. We're getting through it. So uh, it's one of our favourite sections. This is good news is hard to come by, as we find out each week when we ask for it, uh, and we have to get. It's like kind of get blood out of a stone trying to get good news out of people. However, we've sourced it again. We've got three entries again this week. The first one is from Jimmy. Yep. Um, Jimmy's message was very simple, accompanied by an image. And I know this is a podcast, so we can't share the image. uh, (laughs) I was just going to say. But there is a big, 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 cute factor to this one, right? Starts off with a little bit of bad news, but it ends in some good news, okay? Jimmy and Tina lost their dog earlier on this year. Really sad story. He was a lovely little dog called Jack, and he was beautiful, and they lost him. But he sent a message, and he said, guess what we've gone and done? What do you think they might have done? Uh, they bought a new dog. Indeed. 
indeed they have. Guess what we've gone and done? Say hello to Woody. Oh, Woody. Uh, yeah, Woody. So Jimmy's got a brand new little, tiny little puppy. A little Springer Spaniel puppy called Woody. And he's just the cutest thing that you've ever seen. Matt, I don't know, we'll have to get permission to post a picture up. But um, that's entry number one. Guess what we've gone and done? Say hello to little Woody. Jimmy's got a brand new dog. What do you think of that? That's excellent news. I love that. That's got my vote already. Oh, <laughs> you know oh. the other two yet? She's gone. <laughs> she's gone in early. She's decisive. She likes the fridge. She likes the dog. Um, got? Do you want to go next? This is entry yes, number so. two. If we'll see one on your mug. Have one on us. Hit it, Scott. Yeah, so James wrote in last week, didn't he, saying he had heard our Christmas episode and he'd gone off to buy a UFO detector. (laughs) He did indeed, Um, yes. He'd gone to buy one off Amazon, yeah. Yeah, and he's written back to say, just writing in to say, after my update last week, that I've been onto Amazon and ordered my UFO detector. It arrived yesterday and I can now confirm, with a heavy sense of disappointment, that it doesn't work. (laughs) Um... (laughs) The good news is that I now have four spare AA batteries. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute genius. Absolute genius. Brilliant. Another UFO detector has been purchased off Amazon. Another one doesn't work. I think whoever's selling these on Amazon Marketplace, they need to be taken off the marketplace, I would would suggest. I I I would agree. Wow, but he's got four spare AA batteries. That is genius. Absolute genius. That's the second entry, Cara. You're noting these down. Yeah, I like his positivity on that one. Yeah, exactly. Always look on the bright side. Scott, you've got the third one, I think. I've got one more, yeah. So you want a new mug? Have one on us. This is the third entry. Go for it, Scott. Uh, Holly has written in. Okay. And she has sent us a article. Uh, this is from a happy newspaper. Nice. And it is, you know, Jack White of the White Stripes? Uh, not personally, but yes. Yeah, very good guitarist. Yeah. But um, um, I'm a songwriter. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's irrelevant. But um, <laughs> this is about a, um, a busker who was playing on the streets in Edinburgh. Okay. And a, a 26-year-old woman yeah. um, came up and kind of grabbed his guitar of him and smang- smanged it. Smanged um, it. Smacked it. Smacked it into the floor. Yeah. Was was the age relevant? The fact that she was twenty six or not? Um, no, but this. Uh, oh no, I've read this wrong. He was twenty six. Oh, okay, all oh, right. So twenty six <laughs> is playing a feature, but yeah, it's irrelevant. Okay, um, but he hoped to raise some money to get a new guitar, so he started a GoFundMe page to raise three hundred quid for a new guitar. Right. He ended up reaching four thousand pounds. Right. Um, and then while he went to buy a new guitar in his guitar shop. Um, he got a very unexpected phone call from Jack White. Oh, White Stripes fame. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That yeah. one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, who had heard about his um, broken guitar and said he wanted to buy him a new guitar. Oh, how nice. So Aww. he ended up getting one guitar with the money he had raised. But yep. then Jack White also bought him another new guitar. <laughs> so he ended up with two new guitars. Oh, the second right. one costing um, £3,600. <laughs> which wow. was a, a custom-made Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> <So>, wow. <laughs> oh, he's gone all in nice, there then. A very, very nice guitar. He wasn't shy, was he? 
No. So Jack White's but, going, I'll um, get your guitar, mate, thinking he's going to get him like a semi-acoustic epiphone or something like that for 150 notes. But now he has gone all out. Wow. What a lovely story. So, so yeah. And he, he does say on the end, oh, Yeah. I, I cannot thank Jack enough for his absolute generosity. I bet he can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a, a lovely, wonderful story. Thank you, Jack White, for that. So we've got... We've got a busker who had his guitar smashed up by someone who was 26 or he was 26. And then Jack White stepped in and bought him a brand new Fender Stratocaster. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Amazing. Crikey. Three very different stories there. Go on. So we've got a decision to make. Who is going to win the mug this week? It's a very coveted mug. They're getting a lot of love, these are. Is it number one, Jimmy? He's got a very cute dog called Woody. You're going to have to believe me. When, I saw, when you see the pictures on this, he is one cute dog, right? Or is it James, who's bought a UFO detector off Amazon? It didn't work like all the other UFO detectors that Amazon have sold. It didn't work. But he's still got four AA batteries left. Or is it Jack White, who spent a not an inconsiderable sum of money on a new guitar for the busker? Uh, this week's entry is for So You Want a New Mug, Have One on Us. It's time to get the votes in. Cara. You got the first vote. They're all great, um, yeah. but for me, it's got to be the puppy. Oh. Woody. Woody the puppy. Yeah, it's, it's got to be for me, but they are all lovely. They are all lovely, but Woody's won for, me, for you. Yeah. Scott, your vote, please. Um, yep, yeah, I would agree with that. It's Woody for me, and I, I, I would just like to, I think we should start a boycott of Amazon selling these uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're um, right. I don't think they work. Yeah, I think. Well, the proof is that from all the reviews, they don't work. James has confirmed that they don't work. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think we should write to Amazon Marketplace and get them to take it down. Yeah, and I also think um, Woody has got my vote. But I also think we, sh- if um, if it's okay with Jimmy, get a picture of him with like a wooden placard around his neck saying, "You've got a friend in me." Oh, what a lovely Aww. idea! What a lovely idea. We'll put that request out there. For the record, my vote also goes to Jimmy, just for the cute factor of Woody. He is just a beautiful little dog. So, the winner of this week's mug is Jimmy and Woody. Woody's also the winner on this one. Jimmy, you're going to have to send us your address and we will dispatch a shiny mug to your shiny front door. It'll be with you by the end of 2021 on the base on the current postage rates these days. Thank you so much for those entries. I think that's a worthy winner. A worthy winner. Keep them coming in and we'll have another little run through next week. Three more entries, yep. please. How was that, Cara? Good little section. That. Do you like our little um, free mug giveaway section? I do. It's uplifting. It's, it's nice to hear good news, like you say. It's... Isn't it just? Yeah. Oh, I think that brings us to the end. What do you think, Scott? I think it does. It's been it does. an absolute pleasure. How's it been for you, Cara? Oh, it's been great. Thank you so much. It's been a really good laugh as well. It's been really good. Oh, you, I think, Thank I think, you for coming I, on. Yeah, I think a lot of the laughs are down to you, in fairness, and the uh, little random animal collection that you built up over the years. And, <laughs> and, and certainly half girl, half shark. That, that raised an eyebrow. <laughs> So, uh, thank you so much. So, this this has been your first podcast, I think, yeah? Yes, yeah, it has. It's not been too traumatic? No, I was nervous. Um, But no, it's been great. Thank you for putting me at ease. It's been really great. Oh, it's been absolutely brilliant. I've got one last bit of information that I need from you. Where can people find your book? 
Um, it's on Amazon at the moment, Skin and Bone. Brilliant. Fantastic. So we'll search for Cara, Jasmine Bradley, Skin and Bone on Amazon. And if you want to read that book, um, give it a read. Is that okay? Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Scott, if anybody wants to get in contact with us uh, to either come on or to share any stories with us. Yeah. How do they go about doing it? You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at All About the Doubt, on Twitter at All About Doubt, or send us an email at allaboutthedoubt at gmail.com. Perfect. Beautifully done. Thank you very much. Do you remember that um, window advert? The guy trying to sell windows really fast. Yes, it was Safe Style Windows. I can't windows. remember what it was. Safe Style Windows was the one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it feels like... Pushing them all over. Yeah. There you go. Um... You buy one, you get one free. I said, you buy one, you get one free. Call us on 0300 418 418 now. Yes, that's, that's what I was on about. Yeah, I thought we'd have to bring it to life because people would have been confused. There we go. I've confused myself. Yeah, you, I think we've confused everybody who's listening now. They're all going to be phoning the wrong number to get free windows. <laughs> thank you so much, Cara, for your time today. We really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And and carry on with the writing and do get the children's books out. And I I, I want I want Marzi Pan the Hamster on my shelf by Christmas. <laughs> Trilogy. <laughs> A film. <laughs> A film. Yeah, we're gonna sell the rights to MGM. <laughs> Merchandise, everything. Exactly, exactly. Apes <laughs> and everything. Oh amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you to you, Scott, as well. Thank you. Uh, I hope you're feeling better soon as well. Yeah, I think we're getting through it. We'll be fine. Thank you, mate. I hope you don't test positive. And uh, mm, yeah. we'll call this one the COVID Chronicles. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening in again, everybody. We'll be back next week. Have a safe 2021. I know that's a big ask. It's a year ahead of us, but it'll be better than 2020. We guarantee that. So uh, love to everyone. Thank you for joining us. All that's left to do is to say a joint goodbye from everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Just ask that question again. Is there a bit of a less of a delay now? A bit of a less of a delay. Uh, yes, there is. There is less of a delay. <laughs> There's less of bit a delay. Bit of a now. less of a. Why? Why was there a delay? What, what was up? I was watching the cricket. Brilliant. Okay. Yes, there's, there's less of a delay now. Priorities. Yeah. There you go. So you were yeah. streaming sport live and wondering why there was a delay on the Zoom call. I for, no, I, I came in here and I forgot I had it on in the other room. Brilliant. Yes, there's less of a delay now. You're not streaming the cricket. Excellent. There you go.